What's the relationship between your purpose and your wellness? We'll find out on this edition of Frank Relationships. listening to Frank Relationships with Frank Love. Frank Love. Frank Love. Frank Love. Frank Love. Yes. Haha. As always, those are my babies. Thanks for getting daddy started today. Mwah. Certified Integrative nutritional coach Dr. Sharon Brown is with us today. And I'm curious, how do you define wellness, Dr. Brown? Hey, Frank. So, <clears throat> lots of times when folks think about wellness, they're thinking about weight loss, they're thinking about um, what size clothes they fit in, but wellness goes way beyond that, right? Wellness involves being proactive about your physical health, your emotional health, your spiritual health. And so when I think about wellness, the way I define it is I'm talking about your optimum levels of health in all three of those areas, not just how much you weigh or what size you're fitting in this year or this month. It's about how you're feeling daily, how you interact with yourself, how you interact with your loved ones, how you show up in the world. And that has everything to do, again, with your physical, your emotional, your spiritual, your mental well-being. So that's what I mean when I'm talking about wellness. When any of those three are out of whack, how does it or how might it show up? What could be the, the issues? One thing is for sure it shows up in our body, right? And then that's how we get to issues of uh, weight or being on medication. So... The easy example is if, you're, if your physical um, self is out of whack, you can be below weight or you can be above weight. Here's something that happened to me. When I was in my 30s, I remember one day my best friend, she was visiting, and I was coming down the stairs, and she was saying to me, why are you walking like an old lady coming down the stairs? And it wasn't until she said that I realized I am walking down the stairs sideways, coming down one at a time. Why am I walking like this? And it was all because of my needs. I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't doing anything besides going to work and then coming home, being tired, sitting in front of the TV. So I realized I needed to do something about that, and I became more active. And within, like, weeks, I was running down the stairs <laughs> like I should be as a 30-something-year-old woman. So that's one way. As far as your emotions, you know, our emotions show up. Um, in our bodies, because we, if we hold on to negative emotions, they, 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 they enter into our organs, and then it comes out through all sorts of things, blood pressure. I mean, I could go on and on with the list of illnesses, but basically when any of those three are out of whack, it shows up in our bodies, and then it ends up being some health condition that we have to get treated with medicine. So you think the spiritual manifests in the body also? So there's not just one way. There's so many ways, but when you don't take the time to get in touch with your inner being, we can call it, you know, whatever makes you feel comfortable. You can call it God. You can call it your intuition or whatever you choose to call it. When you don't take the time to um, build a relationship with your inner being and you're just going from day to day, just kind of letting life live you, um, you can find yourself getting frazzled. Uh, sometimes that can show up like in anxiety because you're mm -hmm. fearful, you're, you're, you're not clear about your identity, and so you're showing up every day in whatever situations you're showing up in, basically feeling alone. Whether you realize it consciously or not, you're feeling alone, so that that, 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 that appears in fear, anxiety, it could turn into panic. So yeah, not being grounded, not being connected to your true source, that can definitely show up in your health as well. Okay. I also mm -hmm. read that you had a, a issue with acne that, mm. yeah, tell us about that. Right, so that's connected to my purpose and, and again, showing up in my body. I'm not going to date myself, but it was a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't mind dating myself. It was about 10 years ago. And I left the field that I was in because I knew it was time to leave. But then 
you know, we fall back on what we know. So I went back to the field. And I'm telling you, it was as if I can say this now. I wasn't conscious about it at the time. Mm-hmm. But when I look back, I can say this. It's as if the day I decided to re-enter the field that I should not have been in. What was I it? A, hmm? What was it? Oh, sorry. It's the field of um, K-12 education. I believe in K-12. It's good for the kids, good for the teachers. You know, there's just challenges. But Wasn't good for you. Just because it's a noble profession doesn't mean it, it was. It's it's for everyone, right? right. It wasn't right. for me. Okay. Um, and at the time, I I, I didn't. I couldn't say that. I, I couldn't say it for a number of reasons. I was ashamed, number one, because, you know, what teacher is supposed to say they don't like teaching, right? right. But it, it's the reality. It just wasn't for me, at least teaching in that capacity. Anyway, when I decided to return to to the field, um, it was as if the next day, <clears throat> like, I just had a serious acne flare-up. And I fought that thing for about 10 years. I went to dermatologists. They gave me over-the-counter stuff. They gave me um, medication where you needed a prescription. I um, used that stuff that's in the commercial where you, you know, you, you pay your money. They automatically withdraw your money every 30 days, and you, the shipment hits your mail. I did everything, and that acne would not go away. It may have subsided a bit, but it was still there, popping up all over my face. It wasn't until about 10 years later when I decided once again, okay, it's time for me to leave this field. I've had my run. Um, I've done great work. It's been fun. I've met great people, but my heart is not in it. And I don't want to continue to live my life doing work where my heart isn't in it. Mm-hmm. And I lied to you now. I remember it was like the next day I woke up and I was washing my face and I just happened to just really pay attention. And I looked in the mirror and all of my acne was gone. Mm. Um, and in that moment, I said, okay, I'm a believer. Our body lets us know what we're not supposed to be doing mm-hmm. in one form or fashion, whether it's acne or whatever other ailments um, may hit us. So that was my issue. And now I can wash with whatever face soap I want to use. I used to be so concerned. Oh, I can't use this soap. Oh, I can't use this lotion. It doesn't matter what I do. I don't get acne anymore because now I'm doing the work that I love doing that I believe I was going to do. It's funny. Um, as a slight aside, more more so, more so talking about the K twelve side. I got a buddy, and mm-hmm. um, about maybe I want to say maybe twenty years ago. Okay. He 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 did not go to school for education to teach, but he went back to his elementary school, and I think the principal invited him to teach, and so he began mm. to teach there. And he he taught at the school for for like three quarters of the school year, mm-hmm. and he, he couldn't, couldn't hang no more. <laughs> he, he was out of there. <laughs> wow. He said, uh, wow. He just left mid school year. Now, mind you, he is one of the one of the greatest people you'll ever know. You know, mm-hmm. good guy, yeah. good heart, but he just couldn't do he it couldn't anymore. <laughs> everyone i'm telling you my best friend she's a teacher and she absolutely loves it and i i'm happy for her with that but it definitely is not for anyone and um yeah it's okay to say that absolutely. <laughs> it's okay right. as it is with any profession yeah, yeah. and right. i think if you don't love it i think that you uh, become a target for the kids. Oh, it's yeah. like they can sense they can it. Smell, smell yeah. blood mm-hmm. every day. They can smell a half commitment <laughs> from walking through the door. That is so true. Yeah. Welcome to Frank Relationships, a show for you, my brethren, who, like me, are too young to be considered old and too old to be considered young. It's also for those of you who love and support us. We're here to provide weekly wisdom, conversation, and the information that will help create loving and flexible parents and partners. I'm Frank Love, and you can find me, my blog, and my various social media incarnations at franklove.com. If you're listening to the show on Blog Talk Radio, please follow us, and then via iTunes, please subscribe so that you can effortlessly get the show each week. Also, if you're enjoying the show, and of course you are, Please give us a favorable iTunes rating and please share it with your fav- with your family and friends on your favorite social media platform. We're always looking for new social media friends, so please help us help our communities by spreading the word about the show. Mm-hmm. Greetings to my super duper co-host, Nancy Goring. 
Hi, Frank. Hi there. How are you? I'm great. How you doing? I'm good. The consummate generalist you are. Indeed. Yes, yes. I'm taking a little heat for that right now, but who? Somebody? We'll deal with somebody it. picking on you? <laughs> oh, oh, oh man, uh, in a very positive way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You, you're not gonna. You're not gonna reveal a little bit. You're not gonna tell us a little bit about what's going on. Um, not yet. Okay. No. Okay. We'll leave you alone. Here we uh, go. We have to interview you sometime. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Okay, back to Sharon. <laughs> That's why I love guests. <laughs> Keep the heat off you. I'm telling you. Today's guest is a certified integrative nutritional coach. She helps her clients relieve stress and related conditions such as diabetes, hypertension, anxiety, obesity, and cardiovascular disease through individual and group coaching courses, and seminars. A teacher of mindfulness practices that helps improve physical, mental, and emotional well-being so that her clients can live and work with increased joy and happiness. She's also the author of The Wellness Purpose Connection, the ultimate guide for maximizing your life experience. So if you, like me, want to develop a deeper understanding of food and lifestyle choices that work best for you, if you want to know what deconstructing cravings is, and if you want to know how all parts of your life affect your health as a whole, then stay tuned as your Frank Relationship team talks with none other than Dr. Sharon Brown, who's on a lifetime mission to help people heal their bodies and minds so that they can fully live their purpose with joy and vitality. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Frank. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to be here. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. You bet. Before we uh-huh. get too deep into today's subject matter, we're going to check in and see what's going on in the news. So, uh, Dr. Brown, please don't be bashful. We certainly want you to weigh in, too, if if, okay. if what we're tossing around is a, a little bit interesting. And I think I got the first one. Okay. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> a Maryland mom was ordered to give the a breastfed infant formula at the father's request. That's a little... Right. Now, that's the headline. You don't have any more... There's no... There has to be more to that. There's more to that. She must (laughs) be... There must be something way off about her if her husband doesn't want her breastfeeding their child. Well, uh, there's an assumption, number one, that it's her husband. Oh, father. Uh-huh. <laughs> the father okay. of uh-huh. the baby. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. Anything else about the headline stands out? Marilyn's mom ordered to give breastfed infant for. And so the first thing I heard was, do you mean court ordered? Court ordered. Yes, ma'am. I could Wait, believe let me get clear. That. To not breastfeed to or to not, breastfeed? To, it says here, Marilyn mom ordered to give breastfed infant formula. So she was breastfeeding, and Mm -hmm. he wants her to give the baby formula. Yes. Now, my understanding, I read the article. Okay. My understanding was they're not together anymore. And mom wanted to stop the baby from going to dad because she said that the baby was breastfed. Okay. And she couldn't pump enough milk to justify to well oh. to to get the baby through the night if the baby stayed with dad. Okay. So the judge said, "All right, give him formula. Give him formula. Stop pumping, you know, yeah. stop pumping breast milk. Right. If that's going to be if that's the issue." Right. Because the my understanding was, she was the judge, using it. she was using that yeah. as a way to that's keep the mani- baby from dad. Yeah. Yes. So the judge uh, put the kibosh on that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I can ter- I can certainly uh, I don't object to that. Mm-hmm. I think it's unfair to yeah. use any method as a manipulation to keep a child from his father. Here, here. Yeah, yeah. That's not. Cool. And you know that that makes me think about something someone said to me a few years ago about um, control. You know, we can't control anyone, right? And the more you try to control others, the less control you have. Absolutely. And so that right there, to me, that's an example of that. Like, she's trying to control, first of all, what she's trying to control is not 
a beautiful thing. Let's start with that. But then she lost control of even more than what she anticipated. So, yeah, yeah that's unfortunate that she did that. Mm. So it, it hit the legislative scene or the judicial scene. That's yes, what, yeah. yes, yes. Ah, okay. You you mm-hmm. you introduced this one, Nancy. So what yes, what, what you I got? I can't even say this guy's name. Joro is all I can Joro say. Joro Olumofin. Okay. A Nigerian is, love doctor. Yes. He's yes. known as the not the love doctor the in love Nigeria. Doctor. Yes. Nigeria. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I I was reading the uh, the article that you sent me and. It was asked what was the most interesting yes. love story that he he's heard. ever heard. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it was about a woman who essentially planned her entire wedding. And invited people. And invited people that had to fly in from other parts of the world yes. to attend, and she had no groom. Hmm. Now, uh. well... Now the only thing I can figure, Sharon, is that you the know only thing? people. I hope you're about to say she's crazy. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, before I got to that part, what the first thing that came to my mind was, she, you know how people talk about living into a reality, fake it till you make it, you yeah. know, right? So you say, oh, this is what I want to do, mm-hmm. and so the name of the game is to act as if. Right. Mm-hmm. So she positions herself. She buys the dress, plans everything out. All she needs is a groom. Well, in theory, that theory says that if all your energy is moving in that direction, then your mate should appear. Yeah. Oh. Well, <laughs> right. That's out of thin air, huh? Now, not out of thin air necessarily. However, mm-hmm. this is like. Yes, I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm, I'm gonna cut to the conversation off and just defer to she's crazy. Now I only say that. What has me say that is she let it just. I mean, this thing crashed and burned. Absolutely, and it totally crashed and burned because she, she was unwilling to acknowledge that she didn't have. Looks like even a boyfriend, let alone a fiance. Yeah, she didn't have It wasn't a like she had somebody that said at the last minute, I don't want to marry you. Right. Or there that was could no even one. fill in to play the role and just get through the wedding. Right, just right. Just be the and, body. And, and, and be the body. Yeah. I love that. And then say, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, blame what him. happened? Right. Oh, we had a big fight on the wedding night and, you know, <laughs> it ended badly. But the I'm, party was awesome. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Hopefully it was hers and not her daddy's. Oh, oh I can't imagine that her parents oh. were going to participate in a marriage where they hadn't even met the guy. Financially, I mean. Well, how could they not? I mean, I would think in 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 a tradition, I don't, you know, we I'm I'm reading a lot in, but right. in a Nigerian tradition, mm-hmm. how could you not How could as your a parents parent, have not met your child? Your your Yes, yes. And how as a parent can you not spend some money on the wedding? As a and particularly as a father and even as a mom. This is You must have been busy. This is uh, And in another part of the country. Another part of the world. Mm -hmm. That's all I can figure. And she's sending pictures and maybe and and pictures of whom? (laughs) Like who is she sending pictures of? Who is she doing videos with? What what I can't get my head around it, trust me. Trust me, I can't get my head around. At it. what part? At what point is the? Do you just let it go? I mean, yeah, the morning of the wedding, uh, she decided at the altar. She would stand there. Now there is. I will. I will, Oh my goodness! I wish I had her, had read more about this before I got here. There is a. So marriage is a sacrament, and there Could is you define this sacrament. Meaning I don't it's the sacred experience oh, right okay so it is there is a philosophy so to speak that says that before you can make a commitment to another person you need to make one to yourself yeah and Mon- you, you can do no well, wait, no, wait, no, wait. no 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 married a- himself didn't he who Rodman. I thought you were going to bring up Dennis Rodman now I wasn't ago. thinking about that what? until you said no 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 I wasn't thinking about him at all but there is this process through which you can, quote unquote, marry yourself. But it is certainly not as involved as this. Uh, yeah. And, and there's, Nowhere a, near. there's a concept 
called sologamy, mm. where you marry yourself. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's real. Wow. You all are blowing my mind. First of all, I never knew that marriage was thought of as a sacred experience. Oh, really? come on. As much as that. Really? There's a lot of money at, in it being sacred. At, listen, don't let me get all into history and King this the third and the fourth, <laughs> but I just always thought of marriage as a man-made experience. Mm, oh, there's nothing that's, to say it's not a man-made experience. That doesn't mean it so isn't. That's why I don't think of it as sacred. But you never heard of it? Or you just don't I agree never, with mm-mm. it. Well, what sacred experiences aren't crafted by man? Hmm. Oh boy, we're about to. I'm I'm serious. I, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Sacred I'm is a asking. I'm sacred not, is a concept we you apply apply. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. People, some people find the sacred in everything. My shoes could be sacred. Mercy. Okay. Mm. Let me check them out first <laughs> <laughs> before you have a ceremony <laughs> off in here. So, so at least while you're really, in the room, at least while I can step outside. <laughs> so Sharon, I'm serious. Where, where in human history is the sacred not a byproduct of man saying so? Sharon, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, you you have me rethinking. Like I said, I've never thought of marriage as such. But then when you turn the question around like that, I mean, when I think of sacred, I think of, well, I guess. Well, yeah, let, I was okay. about to say, when I think of sacred, I think of something being connected to God. So Okay, well, don't I you know. Okay, so when's the last God time you've been to a together, wedding? So it's sacred. I, I guess I didn't think of it. I guess that's the way to think of it. Well, that's what they say at most weddings. Right. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. gather together before God in this assembly. Right. And what mm-hmm. God has joined together that no man put asunder. Listen so to we you. apply all <laughs> this energy to it. What, yet it is a it is a uh, spiritual act and it is a legal act. So maybe right. you have just said, oh, the spiritual is fluff and it's really a contract between two people no. where the state gets involved. Uh, all the way till the end. It sounds like she said the... Well, she was the, saying she never thought of it as a sacred act, so I'm saying uh, she well, just got well, off well, at the me, legal thing. Let me say thing. this. I don't think the spiritual is fluff. I think yeah. okay. the spiritual is real. I think, two pe- I think two people definitely can be drawn together by God. Um, I have friends that I think that's the case. Um, but I think all that other stuff, that legal stuff, I guess that's the part where I'm a little, I can say it, dated maybe, mm. um, because that stuff is the man-made stuff. And then I guess my brain just shut down on sacred when I see that part of it. Because you. you can come together in a sacred relationship and not go through all that blood test signing, paperwork, sure. and all that other sure. stuff. You know? Absolutely. So, yeah, so that's why I, you know, I had the thought okay. that I had okay. previously. Now, Nancy- but I've been enlightened. <laughs> Nancy, something came up as mm. you were just giving the uh, the rendition of of marital vows and that sort of thing. <laughs> Tell me about your wedding. Oh, oh man! Tell you about my wedding? Yes. Is that relevant right now? I mean, not like <laughs> I, I just can't made ask it relevant. <laughs> okay, so I actually got married at my mom's house. Okay. So. I wanted a small wedding. Initially, my husband and I or former husband and I were planning to just like take off and go get married. Mm-hmm. So after some rip-sticking conversations from different members of my family, it was like, you know, you can't do that. You have to have a wedding, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, fine. Well, I don't want this big, expensive production we're just getting married. How old were you and he? I was 23. He was 26, 27, okay. something like that. So I decided I wanted to get married at home at my mom's house. And I I just did it as a word of mouth thing. I never sent an invitation. We were, we were from a small town, so everybody knew everybody. And we were definitely... A small town of Baltimore? A small town of Towson in Baltimore. Okay. East Towson yeah. in Baltimore, okay. right? So, so it was the kind of thing where... And, and he and I had dated uh, or were a couple for so long that it was one of those things like, oh, <laughs> they're getting married. Oh, I'm coming. You mm-hmm. know, it's that kind of thing. So everybody comes over to my mom's. 
and we move everything out of the common areas of the house for seating. People were literally looking at the wedding through the porch window. There were people outside practically to the street, right? Mm -hmm. So um, we prepared food, everything. It was awesome. Mm. It was an awesome experience. I we Because we had intended to just kind of throw some shorts on and go our way on our way when the wedding was over, we actually wore shorts. Mm -hmm. We just got dressed up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had the veil, the fresh flowers, the the whole works. I just didn't have one address, right? Uh-huh. So um, we go through the whole ceremony, and it it was as sacred as anything that's happened in a church. And it was even more so for me, I feel, because it was, like, super close. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like we were standing way up front and everybody's, like, sitting off to Like, everybody was, like, together. Mm-hmm. And it was, without exception, one of the happiest moments of my life. Very Definitely. Nice. Definitely. Who officiated? Uh, Reverend Wilson. Reverend Wilson was actually my Aunt Nancy's neighbor. Okay. And uh, so by then, I would have loved it Man, you are so taking me back. I would have my grand my great grandfather was a minister, but he had already long since transitioned. And I sit here now thinking, boy, wouldn't it have been awesome if Good Daddy had officiated my wedding? That would have been so cool. Mm. So I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm learning all kinds of goodies about you. Oh, you know, gee. I'm tucking this away. You know, I'm sure there's <laughs> something in there. That I could use against you oh, in future shows. In future shows, <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Well, didn't you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> now, you were named after your aunt? Yes, yes. Wow. Yes, See, that's I another am. nugget. Yes, I am. The story, as I recall, was my, my mother uh, is in the hospital. Labor was 22 hours. And so my aunt goes to the hospital to see my mom. Mm-hmm. And so my mom is you know laying in the bed she's exhausted and she i don't even know if she had seen me yet right because my mom tells me that i was here like born for seven days before she ever saw me because the labor was just so tumultuous so what she just was like i don't want to see that no they didn't do it then you know now they bring the baby in the room Uh and all that jazz they didn't do that then okay so uh my aunt comes in and says if you don't name that baby after me, I'll never speak to you again. <laughs> oh, isn't that cute? <laughs> and then and talk I, about pressure. <laughs> pressure. <laughs> and my mom and my aunt grew up more like sisters than you know. Uh-huh. Aunt and, niece. and of course, I guess my mother felt her hands were tied. Right. And of course, then my dad comes in and says, "Well, you better get me in there somewhere." <laughs> so it was. Quite the scene, yes. All right. Yes. Okay, believe it or not, this interview is not about you, Nancy. Imagine that. <laughs> Sharon, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I enjoy hearing your story and learning uh, more. You made me think about um, my own name. So wow. I enjoy listening. Yeah. Okay. Well, interestingly you... enough, my nickname is Ron. Mm. Oh, get out. Yes. Now, what's that have yes, to do with is. anything? Well, her name is Sharon. Well, but and why is your nickname? Ron, Ron. Oh, my nickname? Why, why is, is your my nickname, nickname Ron? Ron? Yeah. My middle name is Ronette. Gotcha. gotcha. So when my aunt was around, you call me Nancy, you call her Nancy, you get uh-huh. two responses. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So my middle name is Ronette, so we defer to Ron. Okay. And it's mm. stuck. It's stuck around the family. Okay, yeah. Sharon, and, and what's the story on your name? You You brought it up. Oh, well, um, so my name is Sharon Mercedes. So Mm. my mother's name is Mercedes Princess. And my mother tells me the story, has told me the story that when she was born, her mother wanted to name her Princess Mercedes. Mm -hmm. My mother was born in the 40s in Jamaica. Um, So picture everything around that. Um, and so the doctors told her, or whoever, the naming officials <laughs> told my mother's mom that she could not be named Princess Mercedes because she's not a princess. <laughs> wow. So my grandmother named her Mercedes, she just flipped it and named her Mercedes Princess. Anyway, 
So, you know, my name is Sharon, S-H-E-R-O-N. And, you know, people call me Sharon. I don't know why. There's no A there. Uh, but I've asked Nancy mother, did it. You can ask her. <laughs> I didn't notice <laughs> well, that there was you, a... So my mother told me, because I asked about it, that actually she wanted to name me something else. And she doesn't remember what it is. But my father ended up naming me, and he was very specific about that spelling. Hmm. So... It was about, um, I don't know, maybe around 2009, 2010 or something. I was at a conference, and we're standing online waiting for lunch or something. And, you know, you introduce yourself to the person standing by you. You make new friends. And the gentleman happened to be Jewish. And so when I shared my name with him, he said, oh, do you know what your name means? And I said, no. And he said, your name means princess. (laughs) And so, you know, I just feel that I ended up walking in my mother's name that was originally intended for her uh. um, with my first name meaning princess so that, you know, it technically it's Princess Mercedes, the name that my grandmother wanted to name my mother. Mm-hmm. So that's showed my story. Got yeah. showed up anyway. Nice. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay, Doc, we're going to get deep into the interview. Okay, how, how does one develop an understanding of food and lifestyle choices that works best for themselves? Or you know, at your, with with your assistance, that works best for them. Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, I just had um, one of my clients. Um, he had his second uh, visit with the doctor just this week. I think it was Monday, mm-hmm. and um, he just wrote this glowing text because um, he's come off his uh, diabetes medication, and he was just so happy and. He was saying that, you know, once upon a time, he believed that change was beyond reach. But he's now a firm believer that with openness and guidance, change is possible. So his text really stuck with me, those two words, openness and guidance. Number one, you just have to believe that it can happen. Whether or not how many times you've tried and you failed or you couldn't get it right or you were confused about all the different um you know reports that come on the news about eat this no don't eat it eat that no don't eat you know put all that to the side and just be open knowing that your body was born to be perfect if you believe that you were sent here by god if you believe in the divine believe that your body's divine believe that you are a spirit then know that your body can be perfect and just be open to that number one number two the guidance piece you know Everything doesn't, all foods um, don't interact with everyone's body the same. There's such a thing as bio-individuality. So it's really about staying present, staying aware, being mindful of what works for you. So, for instance, I'm thinking of another client I was just talking to earlier this week, and she's becoming more aware of, she's, um, being intentional about paying attention to what she's eating and what happens afterwards. So um, I think it was, what did she eat? Oh, I can't remember right now. Like something like milk or french fries or something. And she realized later on during the day she felt sluggish. And she said, you know, I never paid attention. But when I eat this type of food, it makes me feel sluggish. And so now I know I probably need to not eat it much or just stay away from it okay. altogether. So with that guidance um, uh, of a strategy that I provide for her to be more mindful, uh, to be more mindful throughout the day and how she eats, mm-hmm. that helped her. Uh, that is helping her, I should say, because I got another text from her last night. But that is helping her recognize what doesn't work for her. Going back again to that word, bio individuality. So, to answer your question, I would say it's those two things: it's openness, recognizing that your body is divine and it can change. Just open yourself to the to that, and then. Um, allowing someone to be your guide, your cheerleader, the, the person that roots for you on the side and that helps you to become aware of what's going on with your body. Those two things, yeah. It, it sounds as though part of what you do is to remind the person to check in with themselves. Was there anything that you experienced or felt today? Well, what did you eat today? And then how did you feel today? And is that about right? That is definitely a part of it. It's not just, um, 
I keep going back to my clients. I remember another one who said, "Oh, we want I stories. Want... If you got stories, oh, okay, share. Okay. Right. Well, I got stories. You don't have to share names, uh, but I want to hear the stories." Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I won't give the names, but um, toward the end, she was saying, "Oh my God, I just thought, you know, when I, I'm, I'm imitating her, when we first started, I just I, I came ready with my pen and my pad because I saw our first phone call. You were going to tell me eat this, don't eat that. I was ready to make a list, and I realized that that wasn't about it at all." Um. Yeah, it's not just about eat this, don't eat that. That's that's not what I do as an integrative uh, health coach. I help you to get in touch with you to get back to the you that you once were, that you want to get back to mentally, physically, spiritually, all of that. And in um, coming back, back to that place, the word that we, like we my, that client and I like to use is reset. It's like resetting the mindset. Um and in doing that, it's it's a awareness. That's another word that comes up a lot with clients, being more aware of their thoughts to themselves about food, being more aware of them, their thoughts about their lives, their professions, everything. Everything comes into play. And as we're working on all those components, you know, and it's so funny. It starts with the food. And as they begin to just work on the food, then next thing you know, we're looking at their relationships and relationships in their lives start to improve. The next thing you know, we're looking at their finances and that starts to improve. The next thing you know, we're looking at their career. So to go back to your question, yeah, it, it is about bringing awareness, um, helping them to come to a place of awareness and providing the strategies for that to happen during the day, during the week when they're not with me. So, Sharon... How does yes. a person find themselves on the phone with you or in your orbit as your client? If, so the, if, does the doctor send them to you? Um, well, is there some pervading issue that has them seek you out? That's if this isn't a guy in the grocery store who just slipped you his number. So right. that, <laughs> besides that. Besides that, yeah. Um, but he oh, baby, I line. really want to do um, better. Can I get your number? <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, what it's been is through people I'm connected with on social media um, uh, or through the results of my clients and then their coworkers or their friends see their results and say, what are you doing? And then they send them my way. Or um, through talks that I've given, or, and and just through daily interactions, I might meet someone. It's like, hey, what do you do? What do you do? I'm an integrated such and such. Here, let me offer you a complimentary consultation. That's um, that's something I often enjoy doing, just to kind of get people to start thinking about, you know, their health history and and um, the connections between what's going on in their life, what has gone in their life, and then where they are now and where they want to be. So. Uh, that's definitely it. I know um, starting tomorrow, I'm not big on the, you know, how people celebrate their birthday for the whole month, and I've never been one of those people, but my birthday's next month, so I decided that um, I'm going birthday. to celebrate my birthday for the month by giving, giving of myself as much as I can. So I'm, I'm going on a blitz of giving as many complimentary consultations as I can for my birthday. So anyway. And how does one get one of those consultations? I say, write oh, us down. Okay, yeah, that's easy. They can just go to my site and sign up. That's uh, www.sweetedenbysharon.com, or they just email me at info at and we set it up, and we get on the phone or um, free conference call or what have you. Some folks like to do face-to-face. -face. We do that, too. Um, that's it. They Spe just reach out to me one of those two ways, my Spe site or my email. Spell that website for me. Sure. That is www.sweet, like me, <laughs> S-W-E-E-T, Eden, like the Garden of Eden, E-D-E-N, by, B-Y, Sharon, S-H-E-R-O-N, dot com. And they just simply click on the link that, you know, um, sends them to the contact page where they're saying, yes, I'd like a complimentary consultation. That hits my inbox, and then we get that set up for them. Give me a diabetes story. One client came to me on diabetes uh, medication. He had been on it for a number of years. A number and, 2, 10, 15, 20. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you're asking me to go back into my memory. Uh, 
at least five. It was more than five. I don't remember the exact number now, but it was more than five. Mm -hmm. And he had gotten to a place where he was fed up. Um, and he wanted he wanted his life back the way it once was, you know, biking, playing sports, and not having to take medicine, um, um, being able to breathe after you walk up the stairs, that sort of mm. thing. And so there nice? are other issues that were going on, but the diabetes was the first one he wanted to uh, tackle. So he came to me, and for him, everybody's not the same story, right? Because, again, value individuality, we have to figure out what works best for you. But for him... What was best for him was to start off with a 21-day detox. Mm -hmm. And that set him on the path to releasing his um, sugar addiction. And then from there, um, uh, he, he wasn't much into <laughs> preparing his food. Well, but, uh, know, he, I don't want to uh, let you go too far without explaining what a 21-day detox is or what his 21-day detox was. Uh, okay, so his 21 thanks. His 21-day detox was a detox from sugar. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't as if he didn't have any sugar at all because that's somewhat impossible to have absolutely no sugar. But he definitely didn't have processed sugars. Excuse me. And whatever natural sugars that he did have, it came from about two to four servings of food per day. There was no juice. If he drank coffee, there was no sugar. There was no because we, we didn't want to trigger the mind with any sweet taste at all. So, and he was ready for that. Like, he, everyone can't go, you know, can't go that route, but he was ready for that route. So that's what he did for 21 days, and within the 21 days, he shed his first 21 pounds. Um, and since then, he's come down another uh, 30 pounds. But Wow, so you know, he, he shed um, 50 yeah. pounds? So, so um, he continued avoiding sugar, you know, uh, processed foods, and he, you know, ate a lot of fruits and vegetables and lean meat. And about, I'm going to say three months ago, and, and another thing, too, he would send me his numbers every week. At least we tried for him to send me. He didn't remember. But he would send me his numbers every week, every Monday morning. And I kept track of it for him in his files. And about three months ago, he went to his doctor. I Sent him a copy of his file so he can show his doctor his progress and the doctor. Well, what are those him, numbers? Numbers like what? Weight, height? No, oh, his sugar so, numbers. Yeah, thank you. He sent me um, his glucose number. Mm -hmm. um, and he also sent his weight once a week or for the most part. And he would send his blood pressure numbers. Um, and in this instance, I'm focused on the glucose because, um, you know, we're talking about the diabetes. Right. So, so. Three months ago, when he went to the doctor, she admitted to him that she was ready to release him because it had been, you know what, a decade is coming to me for some reason. That must have been it. She had been trying to get him to change his habits for about a decade, mm -hmm. and he wasn't changing. Mm -hmm. And she was thinking about releasing him as a patient, but she said, you know, whatever you're doing, I'm so proud of you. It's, you're finally doing something. It's working. Keep it up. She said, I'm not going to take you off the medication yet because I want to give it another, a few more months to see, you know, where you end up. Are you saying then, she so, was considering releasing him because he was hard-headed and now she's considering releasing him because he's successful? <laughs> she she wants to keep him because him he's as successful. A patient, right, because he wasn't doing anything about his health. Uh huh. Now, just recently... She's not releasing him as a patient, but she released him from the medication okay. because he went back and he's been consistent. His number, uh, it was below, it was about 94 or less. I don't have his phone in front of me right now. And she said, it's time. You, you can come off of your diabetes now, your diabetes medication now. So she said his numbers were excellent. He's no longer diabetic. Type 2 diabetes is reversible um, with our foods. Enough. Um, functional doctors and medical reports are out there to let us know that, and mm. that's that's one story. He came off of his medication based on the foods he ate, and he came down in weight as well while he was at it. That is absolutely incredible and encouraging. It is. It is. I'm so excited for him. Yeah. So excited. So for listeners who are struggling with diabetes or who know other individuals that are struggling with diabetes, there is, there is help. <laughs> mm -hmm. there, it's, it is possible to turn it around. And that's what you're, that's what you're telling us. 
absolutely possible to turn it around. And to be clear, I'm talking about type one. It, I'm sorry, type two it is absolutely possible to turn it around. Hmm. Okay. All right. Very mm-hmm. nice. And what about what about blood pressure? You got a blood pressure story for me? Sometimes they're the same story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, sometimes. And I do actually, I have a client right now, her numbers are still coming down. And so I believe I said earlier that it, it has to do with food, but it also has to, has to do with our lifestyle. So <clears throat> um, she had a job that was, it wasn't a very stressful job. But she just didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, this is months ago, she wasn't able to make the connection of her, you know, her her blood pressure to her job. Um, but through food, we brought it down some. It came down, and it, but it was still she was still having to be on her medication. So then we started to bring in mindfulness, and we even um, what does that mean? She's in another state. Um, I'm, she's in New York, and so we've even done yoga. We've met face to face online, where I've taken healthy sessions where we practice yoga, and I give her some mindfulness tips that she can use at work and um, um, and at home. And so, well, what is mindfulness? Mi- what does that mean mm-hmm. when you say you gave her some mindfulness tips? Oh, breathing techniques, how to be. Uh, present in the moment, not um, focused way down the road on items in the future that cause worry for you. But Mm -hmm. just, just, so for instance, there's a, there's a, a a popular four, seven, eight breathing technique where you inhale for a count of four, take a deep inhale, fill your lungs, and then you hold at the top of that breath for a count of seven, and then you release slowly for a count of eight. If you don't pass so, out first. <laughs> right, right, right. And you practice, when you first started, you only do it a, a, a couple of times and maybe one or two times. And over time, you continue to practice it and um, you, you try to do it to a place where you get to up to two minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's been shown medically. Um, there's research out there, things by Dr. Andrew Will, that shows that that, that that technique can help to lower your blood pressure. And when would um, you... So that's, that's what's one of the, the techniques I've, I've shared with her. Anyway, so through mindfulness, um, without getting into the details of her life, she ended up um, deciding one day, you know, I have to fast and I, I need to go into prayer. And that, that was her choice. And I just supported her through the fast. She asked me questions about different fasts so we could figure out which one would work for her best. And she, she did her fast. I think it was about 21 days. And um, left her husband. At the end. Hmm? <laughs> I said she say? did her fast and left her husband. <laughs> how did how did we get here? <laughs> You're not no, the only one that knows their way around. The only one who knows their way around the conversation, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> who, nobody even said she was married. We getting ready to find out. <laughs> oh my God! No, she doesn't. Unless she wants to take to her job, she ended up her job. She what? She ended up leaving her job. She ended up leaving her job. That's like leaving your husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I said she was married to her job. And um, it turns out she, she's gotten a way better job. Um, I mean, I've never heard of a job where you have unlimited, what is it, unlimited leave? Like, what is that? I've never heard of that. Where is she working? Leave. I mean, you got it. We you work for yourself, there. don't you? Well, yeah. Well, she but they pay her. She reports to, look, as we're talking right now, someone is sending me their blood pressure numbers, mm. um, the same person I'm talking about, and they are looking lovely, wow. 117 over 70. I just got that text. Nice. Um, but anyway, the point is, so she, the new job she has, she loves it. It's more stress, and her blood pressure has lowered. Hmm. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Nice. So, yes, it's partially food, but sometimes it's also our lifestyle. You, with the 478 technique, when might you tell a person to do that? So, you I mean, you could teach them to do it, but you don't teach them when to do it, and it could be useless. Good point. Um, <clears throat> definitely when you feel yourself getting worked up or frazzled or anxious, I recommend you just you can sit right at your desk. You don't have to go anywhere unless you want to. Mm-hmm. You can just sit right at your desk 
um, or on your living room couch, wherever you are, or standing in the kitchen um, making dinner and everybody around you is making you crazy. And you could just stand there for a few moments and practice the 478 technique. It's when you feel, so that's one thing. It's when you, you're starting to feel out of control. But also, even when you first wake up in the morning, that's mm-hmm. a good time to practice it as well, to bring balance um, to your brain chemicals, or even before you go to bed. It's the practice itself that brings balance to you that helps to um, begin to neutralize what's happening inside of you, creating that high blood pressure. Is this an alternative to meditation? Sounds like it's med- a form of meditation. Form of meditation. Not meditation. Rec- yeah. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't necessarily tell people to stop taking their medicine. I give them techniques to help them heal their bodies and minds and tell them to continue to visit their doctors and let their doctors tell them you don't need the medication anymore. That's smart. Oh yeah, that mm-hmm. keeps you out of legal trouble. Yeah. So before yep. before this conversation gets too much further, I definitely want to know what it means to deconstruct a craving. Oh, to deconstruct a craving. Yeah. So <laughs> different folks have different cravings. Some people crave sugar. Some people crave salt. Some people crave crunchy. Let's go with um, let's go with sugar. Okay. I crave sugar. Mwah. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. I'm feeling better already. <laughs> so I'm shutting this, down the source right now. Y'all are funny. Y'all are so funny. There's um there's different workout there. That suggests if you are craving um, different types of food, it's your body physiologically saying it needs some nutrients. So that's one. But then number two, on an energetic or an emotional level, there's something else that your body is craving, that your soul, your mind is craving, right? And so... First, we start with whatever it is you're craving. So say, for instance, you said it's sugar. So in looking at your food, you know, we start to look at, are you getting enough magnesium or are you getting enough vitamin B? Vitamin B? B as in boy. Boy, right. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, once we get that taken care of and we look at what your diet, uh, what's happening in your diet there, then we start to look at, okay, what's happening in your life like are there any negative thoughts or negative situations that um are causing you stress and you're craving that sugar as that comfort that your brain needs and so um we might use a food diary or in the moment just through uh coaching questions that i ask we start to deconstruct what is happening when you're craving that sugar for lots of folks what ends up happening is I send them off. I say, you know, don't worry about it. You know, until the next time when we talk in two weeks, you might still crave the sugar. Don't don't guilt yourself about it. If you eat that Snickers bar, do I do I think they should eat it? No. no. But what I don't want them to do is guilt themselves about it. Just just allow the moment to happen and pay attention to what's happening. Why are you eating it? What are you feeling in the moment? Did someone just say something to you? How did it make you feel? Is there some type of repressed emotion, right? And so what I find is even before the two weeks are up, they're texting me saying, oh, my God, I just had a realization about why I'm eating the way I'm eating. And then by the time we talk, they've already begun to um, reduce their sugar intake. And then we start to talk about, okay, so what other alternatives can you have now besides that Snickers bar? Like, right, I don't try to joke people into change because we want it to be sustainable. But instead, what we do is we ease into it and figure out what is happening beneath the surface and then begin to replace it with healthier thoughts and healthier eating habits. Hmm. Uh-huh. I had a teacher once that said craving sugar is a lack of sweetness in the life. I thought, hmm, yep. mercy. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Uh, and for a while, the sugar craving had subsided, but a salt craving came on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, salt? I was never a salty person. And oh. so, I just never, you <laughs> know? And so then the salt has, uh, it, it just isn't a problem. It's not, I wouldn't call it a craving per se, but it was definitely a time when the salt had trumped the sugar. Hmm. 
And mm. uh, it seems like lately the sugar is um, back. So I was just curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the salt, not to break out into a session right here on the yeah. phone, but during that time, if you could think back to whatever was going on, were you having a desire for more excitement in your life at the time? With the salt? Yeah. I almost want to say I was having more excitement in my life when I was... <laughs> Well, see, there goes your analysis. There's your, yeah, write that there in your it is, diary. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I actually feel that there was more going on mm-hmm. in my life at the time when I would reach for, say, uh, something salty over. I'd reach for an olive versus maybe a piece of fruit, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and yet, now that things are kind of, leveling off i'm coming out of what you would call novelty and into kind of a more i guess with normalcy right Mm -hmm. okay Uh then i do what i was doing when things were normal i had sugar Mm. so you know We'll see. We'll see what, that, mm-hmm. what that's about. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Frank Relationships, and we're talking with certified integrative nutrition coach, Dr. Sharon Brown. She helps her clients relieve stress and related conditions such as diabetes, hypertension, anxiety, obesity, and cardiovascular disease through individual and group coaching, courses, and seminars. She's also the author of The Wellness Purpose Connection, the ultimate guide for maximizing your life experience, Doc, please tell us what you're up to and how we can find you. And you've got a class coming up. Tell yes, us about sir. that, too. So, yeah, <laughs> it, it, the, the, the mic is completely yours. I am so excited and I feel so blessed. I do have a class coming up. <clears throat> it's an online class um, through um, Prince George's Community College. And it begins September. September 9th, and it runs through um, October 6th. And it is based on uh, the foundation for the class is my book, The Wellness Purpose Connection. And so it's four weeks of group coaching. I mean, we call it a class because technically it's a college, so that's what we need to call it. But really, it's group coaching. And uh, I love the setup. It's um, on Saturdays. There's a live group coaching ses- um, session online where we go through. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Where we go through activities dealing with uh, where you're assessing your wellness and your purpose and how the two are connected and if there's a misalignment going on. Like I provide the strategies, the tools, the tips, the resources to help you create that alignment in your life. You know, because it's happening through the community college, they're charging their community college rate. And we were laughing about it because I thought, wow, this rate is amazing, given that it is a fraction of what my coaching rate is. Um, So I'm excited about that. Again, it's uh, Prince George's Community College. Because it's a college, they they had to give it a technical name and a a technical um, label for people to register for it. Mm -hmm. But um, folks can just call the college. Is it okay? Can I give the number where they can call to register? Yeah, that's 301-546-0159. And the class starts September 9th. It's all online. Well, what's the, the name of the class? on Saturdays for two hours. What were you going to say? What do they ask for when they call that number? The class is called uh, Life Balance, and the technical label is E as in Eddie, N as in Nancy, R as in Robert, ENR 591. Okay. That's what they ask for. They just say, I want to register for life, the Life Balance class. That hmm. starts on September 9th. That's great. Along today's journey, we've discussed finding your purpose, the potential manifestations that can occur when you're not consistent with your purpose. And interestingly enough, one man's journey towards ending his diabetes. Mm. And his relationship with his doctor. Uh Ah, yes, yes, very nice. Well, with the medication. With the medication, yeah. Yeah. Thank you to my co-host, Nancy. Thanks to Jeff Newman, my engineer, and thank you to my guests. Dr. Sharon Brown, you've been oh, great. Thank you all. Hey, I, I really appreciated your insight. Yes. 
I hope you've had as much fun as I've had hanging out with today's ensemble. As always, it's my wish for you to walk away from this conversation with a heaping helping of useful information that'll help you create a relationship that's as loving and accepting as possible. Let us know what you thought of today's show at Facebook forward slash Relationship F Love, on Twitter at Mr. That's M-R Frank Love, or at franklove.com. If you're listening via Blog Talk Radio, make sure you like us there, and at via iTunes, make sure you subscribe so that you can receive each week's show. This is Frank Love.